to the Wisdom Toolbox podcast, previously known as the Heartspace podcast. My name is Nicola and I'm thrilled to have you here. I recently decided to rebrand and refresh the podcast to align it more to the offerings on our website, thewisdomtoolbox.com. So do check that out if you enjoy the topics in this podcast and subscribe to the podcast and our email list for more offerings and tools as they are released. But for now, enjoy. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Heartspace podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share a recording of a talk that I gave recently on the process and path of working with the elements and trying to bring the elements into balance in our lives. But before I share the recording, I wanted to introduce the topic slightly, especially if the elements are new to you. Um, It might not be obvious as to just why working with the elements, especially in their outer physical forms, is so incredibly beneficial for us. But if you're on a spiritual path, whatever that journey may look like for you, a path of self-love or self-acceptance, a path of greater awareness, whatever it may be, the elements are these incredible tools that reflect back at us aspects of ourself that we can learn and grow from. So we usually in a lot of spiritual and even shamanistic type teachings, there's a lot of information about the elements that's available out there. But very often it talks about the element in their energetic state. What I mean by that is it talks about the quality of earth as being grounded or the quality of water is going with the flow. It doesn't necessarily teach us how to actually work with the physical form of the elements within our environments, within our bodies, and even within our home environments. But as modern people that have lost that primal connection to the earth, it's really important for us to go back to basics and to work with the elements in this very elementary way first to get a good grounding understanding of the elements, how they play out in nature, in our environments, in our bodies and so forth, before we start delving deeper into the more conceptual and energetic aspects of the elements. So in this talk that I'll be sharing today, we'll be talking a little bit about how we go about balancing balancing those elements within our life but it actually starts with creating a sacred relationship with, with, with the earth and with nature, with the elements, and then kind of playing with it, you know, kind of there's this playfulness, a dance of moving the elements around and contemplating and then like letting it all go and seeing what happens. It's a process that takes place over months, even years, but when we can view the world in this way it's quite in a symbolic way it it starts to teach us deeper lessons about ourselves, and we start to see ourselves as one and connected to the earth and to all life so whatever path you're on even if it's just that of learning a little bit more about yourself learning about the elements and then 
relating that back to yourself and to your relationships is just a wonderful, wonderful way to do that and an easy way to begin. So I'm going to share the talk now. I hope you enjoy it and please reach out if you have any questions. So there's a lot of um, humility involved in working (coughs) with the elements and nature and the earth and with even with our own bodies in this very grounded and very, very simple, simple way. And if we could summarize how we work with the elements, it's all about balancing. It's, it's, it's actually for the rest of our lives, we are constantly in this dance of balancing the, the elements. And we actually do this all the time without even realizing it. And I wanted to read you, I found this little book, which it's, I mean, a little manual, which was put together um, based on a talk by Akon Rinpoche. And it's just so simple how he teaches you to start working with each of the elements. And he says here that, um, I'll just read you this little passage. Do you, um, uh, sorry, what's your name? Cosma. 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 Um, um, Akon Rinpoche is our Rinpoche who, in fact, brought all the blessings and, and taught us here in Southern Africa. So he is very dear to our hearts. So whenever you hear either Rinpoche or Akon Rinpoche. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lindy. <laughs> So he says here, at every moment within each of us, a particular and continually changing balance of the elements is manifesting physically, emotionally, and mentally. Take, for example, a group of people meeting in a crowded, unventilated room late on a sultry evening. The heat, the lack of movement of the air, the lack of space, and the lateness of the hour would all combine to create an overall atmosphere of drowsiness. Drowsiness is earth expressed as a wish for sleep, irritability, which is excess fire, intellectual dullness, lack of air, thirst, lack of water, and a wish to escape, a lack of space. Of course, depending on the inner balance of the elements, each individual will respond differently, but most would feel something of the above reactions. In the example above, someone may suggest a break, during which everyone could move around and step outside, which is refreshing and strengthening air and space, and have a drink of thirsty, replenishing water, which gives us a more creative and confident feeling. As the room cools down, the fire would become more balanced, and most people would feel less irritable and more sympathetic. With better circulation of air, most people would be able to think and communicate more clearly. In this case, an instinctive feel for a need to balance the situation would have come to the rescue. In fact, without ever thinking about it, we are balancing the elements in these simple ways all the time. However, a more conscious understanding of each element and the need for balance can help us to understand and to live with ourselves, other people and our environment in a more harmonious and balanced way. So... You know, when you start to become aware of, of, of um, the elements and how they 
play out in our lives, you start to notice these things more and more, exactly as he so perfectly puts. But it is important to take it further. It is important to learn about each of the elements because the more we learn about it, the more we can then become conscious of trying to balance the elements for ourselves, not just physically necessarily in our environments, but then also within ourselves in terms of our moods and emotions and kind of characteristics. So when we um, go on this, this balancing process, it's very important that we work with the elements in this particular order. And that order is from the most dense to the lightest. So it always goes in the order of earth, water, fire, air, and then space. So we work with it in that way and it, it makes complete sense because, for example, if your earth element in your life, you don't have great stability, you're not grounded, now you're wanting to work with the water element, which is more connected to emotion and creativity, well, without a grounded sense of self and stability in your life, you're probably going to become quite emotionally unbalanced and, and kind of a little bit wild and crazy and all over the place. And therefore, when we work with them and start to relate to them in this order, which is also the order that the elements are created and then dissolved back again, um, we're able to create the most stability within our practice. Now, I wanted to mention a little bit around, there sometimes seems to be inconsistencies when you read different texts and, and from different teachers around some of the elements, the way, not that the, the nature of the elements, but perhaps the color of the element or, or what chakra it's, it's connected to and so forth. There can be, there's like, you read completely different things and it sometimes can be a little bit confusing. But what uh, Francesca Fremantle says, who is the, she's a very, very well-known Buddhist teacher and she often teaches on the, the, the bardos at the time of death and, and the elements in that context. She says her own teacher, um, I think it was Thrangu Rinpoche, would give a talk and he would say one thing and then the next day he himself would say it yeah, again no. in a different way. And she said it was confusing. But what we have to remember is that depending again on the mandala of the context, the energy is expressing in the way that it needs to express. So, for example, in this booklet, Akon Rinpoche says, although we always work with the elements in that particular order, in certain practices, in the Vajrayana practices, they place, for example, the air element at the bottom, like when you're visualizing your, your body, you place the air element at the bottom underneath, for example, the earth element. And the reason they do that is because the, the air element in most of us is pretty wild, it represents our mental activity and it, it's flying around like crazy within each of us energetically. And therefore, the earth element being on top of the air helps to stabilize and ground the air element. So we have to work with the context in which the particular practice that you're working with is given. But for the purpose of working with the elements in the external context, um, and he even says this in the book, it's perfectly um, promoted to read and learn about the elements in Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic um, and yogic teachings 
in different traditions. I mean, we see the elements come up from in most of the native indigenous teachings around the world, they teach on, in the, on the elements in some way. So we can learn about the elements and the qualities of the elements um, in all these different in all these different ways, but just remember that if you're doing a very particular energetic Vajrayana practice, you would follow the rules for that particular practice. Um, so for today, we're not going to touch on those practices. That would that will come in the in the next talk. We'll be talking about the inner energies. So when we're talking about the um, the external um, working with the elements in an external way. It's, it's very easy because it's something we should all know. And we can start with looking at our own personal environments. And we can really relate that a lot to our homes, perhaps if you've got a garden, um, the places that we go to, if it's being in our cars, being in our offices, the, the kind of recreational activities that we like to do. And to consciously observe the elements in their pure form. So what's recommended in these in these teachings is that you say sitting in your home space, for example, you get in get a little bit of earth, a little bit of water, and you quite literally sit with each element and you observe the physical form. And that is the practice. So he says you can take a mount of a bit of sand and put it, make it up in a little pile like that and just observe the qualities of the earth. And then the next day, you might want to scatter the earth around and then observe the qualities of the earth and, and rebuild it up again. And the same with water. We can work with water in the, obviously being in the oceans or in natural water, but it can even be taking a bath or your daily shower. So we've got an opportunity to actually observe and learn from the elements in our day-to-day -day life. Now, the teachings talk about three wisdom tools, again, three. And the three wisdom tools are hearing, contemplating, and meditating. And what that means is that in the exterior context, we hear the teachings. So we might listen to the teachings or read the teachings or have a teacher who verbally um, transmits teachings to us. We receive the teachings. And that is a very conceptual exercise where we try to understand. We, we inquire, we go off, we research, we do as much as we can in order to understand the teachings on that level. And then the next step is contemplation and contemplation is where we still have a conceptual knowledge of of the um, teaching but we allow it to intermingle with space so we have it there but we don't focus on it and think about every detail perhaps you go for a walk in the forest and just allow yourself to rest in the natural environment and then you slowly start to contemplate aspects of that particular element within yourself and within your life and contemplation is a process that takes a long time it's not something you do as an exercise once and it's done it's it's a way of life of constantly mixing um, the teachings in with your life and then observing the patterns 
within yourself and it's quite helpful to write it down and so you can kind of feel yourself evolving through the teachings and then the third level which is now non-conceptual is meditation and meditation is the point where we actually completely let go we let go of all conceptual understanding or um, focus thought on the particular element and we actually just allow ourselves to rest and to be still and to be in that space of the unknown and that's really the point where we the, the magic starts to happen where all those lessons that we've learned and um the the skillful means on how to balance those things within ourselves, we give it space to actually energetically happen for us so at this point when we're working with the elements externally we contemplate we, we learn as much as we can and i really would encourage you to learn as much as you can about the elements if you don't already know a lot about them um read up and read up from different you know different teachers um but not just read then go and go for a walk go into nature work with the physical elements as much as you can and allow that magical contemplation process to to happen and and then of course when you are doing your meditation just try to to let that let it go and not to have any sort of conceptual idea at all but when we look at um just very practical steps that we can do working with the elements so one thing that i've done for many years mm it gives a wonderful idea that of how one can walk oneself in from the the world of form and start appreciating every single thing in our world and that starts the stepping stones of pure appearances and when your mind starts seeing all this incredible pure appearances i don't mind whether it's out there that has a reflection in here our practice of medicine buddha is known as the mirror like wisdom and if you can um what she's saying is honor that mirror that is there it's only through our physical our physical perceptions that she is helping us explain to us the beginnings of pure perception and that's in the pure perception in the pure perception the exciting innocence newness and magical qualities that the alchemy the esoteric is all in that and we start with going for a walk in the mountain <laughs> getting into the car mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter what you do it all then starts affecting in a different way infecting from this extreme of coronavirus to the other side of the teaching of the medicine of the coronavirus of the special time of being if you are singular you've got plenty of space to walk those stepping stones of the completeness of perception having to the quality of one's life it's just magical yeah the shine in your cat's eye you know the 
the, the realization that your son's receiving the, the, the mirror of your energy and or you receiving his, that there is a speak that has been unspoken, you know? And that's what everything's doing with us. It's us that's, hasn't, that's, that's got this veil. It's not it, it's us. Yeah, it's here. Exactly. It's perfectly pertinent. It's it's the way we perceive that is through our karma and through those templates that is confused. But we can't fix that confusion without going through. We have to kind of dive in in order to to really get into it and to and to go through it. And it's exactly as you say, when you start to work and develop, the key word here is to develop a relationship. Um, you, you start to feel that awareness that is, sits within everything and therein lies that sacred connection. So the ways that we, we practically can work with this is quite literally to, and it might seem childish, it, it actually may seem so basic, it's almost childish, but it's for me, it definitely really, really helps. And that is to develop, consciously develop a relationship with each of the elements. Mm. And I don't mean personifying that. <laughs> it's to const really appreciate and to have such gratitude and to go into nature, to and, and nature, we are all nature. Everything is nature. As we sit here is nature. I think the reason we use the word nature is because we're meaning the unspoiled or still imbalanced aspects of the earth. Because unfortunately in, in our um, human activities, we have somehow managed to imbalance the, the elements as they appear. So therefore when we are able to go into um, a un more unspoiled environment, we're stepping into a mandala where it's energetically more balanced and that actually helps us but you can do this you know even just at home you just start to develop this very sacred relationship with with the earth and somebody once um said to me that what he does every morning is to walk outside and just to feel your feet on the earth and he said he held up his hands like this and just says you know good morning world and it's just such a simple thing. But no matter how you do that, it's establishing a connection. It's establishing a relationship. And remember that relationships is all about listening and hearing. So it's not just us giving all of our troubles and all of our difficulties to the, to the earth. It's also about listening and understanding and learning. And I think that is really what's needed in, in this time. If you just look at the challenges environmentally is that we, we don't listen to perhaps what other species need. We, we, we so in our human ego, certain of what should be done that we don't really stop to listen and to give space and openness to how things could be another way of, of being. So we can really start to develop this relationship with, with the elements and with nature in this very simple way. And, you know, humans have used ritual for thousands and thousands of years. 
It's like one of the things that they're certain of about the human experience over thousands of years is that we've always had this um, connection, affinity to, to ritual. And, you know, ritual doesn't have to be. For most of us, we're not born into um, a very strong culture or in, like kind of indigenous practice where there's inbuilt rituals. And therefore, you can create your own ritual. There's nothing, nothing right or wrong. So you can have your ritual of blessing the earth, of giving an offering of a flower to all beings. You can create your own simple little rituals at home, perhaps lighting a candle or some incense and giving that as an offering to the earth. It's a way of giving back and giving gratitude. And it's really beautiful to be as creative as you can be. And the way I like to see my home environment is as that sacred space, that mandala, and to create, even to put like objects into your home, it doesn't have to be in a particular fixed way, but to really have this aspect of, I'm not just going to have one little sacred space in my home, where, like my altar where I've got certain things, but to actually incorporate the entire property into that and go sit in a part of the garden and do a blessing and actually create this whole energetic space. And the funny thing is that it can actually be felt. Mm. And, um, you know, people will come and visit and say, wow, this is like coming to a sanctuary. And it's not because there's anything. Look, it's a very, very special <coughs> environment. But you can definitely actually physically create that energetic balance within your exterior environment. And there's, there's actually a wonderful um, architect who writes about the power of our spaces that we inhibit. And she has a book, I can't remember her name, but it was like home is a reflection of self. Mm. And it's very interesting when you start to look at your space and your home in that way. Do you actually give your home love and attention? Or do you perhaps not? How cluttered is your space? You know, that's the space element right there. Sometimes people hoard things. It's filling up that space. Some people are minimalists where they, they've got an excess of space. How balanced are all of the elements present in your own home? So it's very interesting to start to look at, look at your home and your environment in that way. And then not just working with the ex external environment, but also the environment of your physical body. Um, is to learn about, also learn, listen, listen to your body, learn about the tendencies of your, of your body, learn about the elements as they relate to your body. And there is so much available. I mean, if you read up on the chakras and on the, the um, physical body, there's a huge amount um, available to us. And even systems like the Tibetan medicine system um, and the Ayurvedic system, Chinese medicine, talks about the imbalances within the body and how how to bring more balance. Now, I don't think we need to always be completely, you know, it's not that we're trying to fix every single physical problem, because we have to be careful not to fall into that trap as well, to go, all right, well, today I have a sore stomach, and that must mean that I have an imbalance of the fire element, and therefore now I must be perfect, and I must do X, Y, Z and try to, to balance absolutely everything. It's just, again, it's that listening and hearing and then contemplating. I wonder what this could mean for me. Giving it, and then you give it that space, that, that meditative space. You let it go. 
and often that's where the the wisdom lands again so I'm not going to say too much more on this I don't know if there's maybe questions um, I haven't gone into you know what each of the elements themselves represent one thing actually maybe I will quickly read to you is there's a table here from Tarsitu Rinpoche and what he does is explain how the element what the element looks like if it's balanced what the element looks like if we've got too much or too little of a particular element and remember what we discussed last time is that energy has this pattern of yang and yin we can also call that perhaps masculine and feminine and we want to balance those that quality within each element so um just kind of bear that in mind as we go through through these so with the element of earth when it's balanced it's we are stable and reliable and grounded when we have an excess of earth we can feel lethargic or stubborn or inflexible and when we have we don't have enough earth we feel ungrounded or you know it's instability shakiness with water balanced water is adaptable creative and confident of solution excess water means we have an excess of subjectivity and emotion we can also have an excess of emotions um and not enough water is easily panicked lack of confidence a fear of feeling or even creating fire balanced fire is warm loving intuitive clear-minded and generous excess fire is aggressive over-emotional and excessive excessively passionate and not enough fire is cold frigid dark and unresponsive a balanced a is intelligent appropriate in action abundance of a is overactive a tendency to be a workaholic worried anxious or fanciful and not enough a is we feel fatigued list listlessness unwillingness to think things through and then we always go back to space although space is actually the first and the last element because space is the container that all the other elements come from so space is both the beginning and the end balanced space is open minded able to experience a non solid reality and not lose touch with relative reality so we're able to hold both non duality and duality in our experience abundance is a tendency to be spaced out <laughs> and not enough air is feeling claustrophobic or having a confused mind sorry space i'm saying air i mean space um tendency to feel yeah confused or claustrophobic so it's really simple i think this is intuitive we all know this mm. and really if we can develop that relationship with the elements that every day becomes sick like second nature to us and um, as linda you said earlier with with your your mantra that you've you know stuck around 
it, it's a reminder to see it and to go into that container. With the elements, we can do the same in that we, we start to just think of everything in terms of, of the elements and to notice, do I have too much? Do I have too little? And then remember that the, relations, the, the elements themselves operate in relationship to one another. So what that means is that if you've got um, an abundance of the fire element, but not enough earth element, you can become burnt out. Earth and water, I should say. So if, for example, you're feeling burnt out, which is so common in our, in our modern lives, and actually burnout is not just fire. As we know, fire is fueled by wind and air. So we want to then increase. It's not just a matter of saying, well, I'm going to shut down the fire and shut down the air. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. It means we have to increase the water and the earth. We have to become, so when we're feeling burnt out, we need to actually go back into the earth. We need to embrace um, rest. We need to go into those dark, cool, damp spaces and feel nourished. And that then allows us to balance that um, perhaps ambition and racing mind and it kind of helps us to come back into balance. So, so that's why it's also important to constantly remember, you know, the scales and the relationships between the elements. It's almost like maths, you know, it's got too much of that, then I need to add a bit of this. And what I found interesting is because we're working with energy here, whenever we introduce a change and consciously sometimes introduce a change, um, there are going to be consequences. And sometimes, you know, often it's not, not anything that you, you might foresee. So what I mean by that is, let's use that, that burnout example. So now you feeling burnt out and stressed, you feel to yourself, I need to spend more time in nature. I'm craving that, that very feminine, earthy um, aspect that I'm missing in my life. So you start to create more time for self-care. And by doing that, you've now highlighted perhaps um, an imbalance that was present within a relationship that doesn't respect your boundaries. And then that's your next avenue to now to look at. So it's like, um, it's like a domino effect. When you change the energy in one way, you create a shift. It, it does have these knock-on consequences, but we just keep going and keep going and keep going. And slowly, we start to feel harmony in, in, in that mandolin and every um, situation, the harmony starts to energetically starts to pervade. So, it's, it's yeah. It's also in the noticing. It's in the noticing that is the doing and the noticing that isn't suppressing. That's very important. That's, that's, that's in the same way as when one sits in meditation and one's not just become the vehicle of peace, but there's an alertness or an awareness within that as well. So that there is not only the stillness, there's also the movement at the same time. So it's just not all splat and, and no, no thinking, no, 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 uh, uh, no movement in that, in that, in that meditation. Mm. So, in the moving meditation of your noticing things that as Nikki's talking about, 
there is, it's very, very important, that energetic movement. It's the masculine movement of moving towards the ovum in order to fertilize it, in order for creation to happen, in order, what I'm saying, creation to happen for recognition to happen. So if recognition happens, then you are then then you are more than noticing there's change as soon as there's recognition. That's 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 what I'm hearing. You, you know, very 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 important because I found that in my in my walk with meditation and and in groups, there have been quite a few people or are quite a few people who really really have worked at meditation. And they don't know that they've been working at suppression for a very long time. And that's crushing. I met someone who was absolutely crushed to know that after so many years, he had been suppressing. Mm. And he was not unintelligent. It was, uh, it was probably a tendency that he didn't notice. And he didn't have um, a teacher who would notice and in other words, create that shift or leg up. And how teach, teachers can work is with no matter what, great compassion and wisdom and kindness. But sometimes that can appear wrathful and, and it energizes the, 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 the energy of the, of the person. Yeah. But very important is what she's saying is notice but if you don't not if you don't notice, you won't get to recognition, and you might get to understanding. But if you don't get far past understanding, there is no recognition. Rec- recognition is like that that kiss of light, that that spark of of lightning that happens within the synapses of one's being. But otherwise, you're suppressing. So notice. No, don't lull yourself into a. a a quiet thing and say this is peace because that's 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 mm-mm. yeah when we work with the elements and, and that's why i feel that exactly to your point is working with the exterior form is so critical for us because otherwise we can conceptually trick ourselves into thinking that we are working on these particular issues at a conceptual level but we've missed like a very basic embodied way of actually working with the, the elements and energy and because it's so strange in our lifestyles and in this like world that we live in today to live like that which is actually so part of who we are as human beings we have to consciously work with it like quite literally physically get your hands in the elements sit in front of your fire this evening you know really it's basic but it's actually the what we by doing that, it's such a gift. It's, it's allowing yourself to be humbled. And then, as, as Lindy said earlier, we, our relationship does start to change, where we start to see everything in a, in a, pure, in a pure way. So, yeah, I'm so passionate about this because it, I just feel like it's so actually basic but accessible to all of us, but we don't often talk about it. And... You know, you just have to go, like, go to a yoga class, for example. People go to yoga, they want to, like, again, be calm and, you know, unstressed. So you go into a yoga class, often in, like, a shopping mall or something. Everybody rushes in. You quickly do your practice and you leave again. And there's a lack of connection completely. 
So people in the class think, oh, I'm doing yoga, but how often do you walk into space, even coming at the, to the center, and even just acknowledge the environment that you're in? Look at the trees and the birds and actually go, wow, look at this container I've walked into. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, we can apply to absolutely everything in our life. Are we finding that sacred connection? Is the question. There's the, the karma kagyu, karma kagyu uh, lineage is, is karma is uh, activity based. Okay, it's, it's an activity based thing. Um, in the Jewish tradition, they have participation mystique. Okay, but in the karma kagyu, they have an activity based. So it's moving towards something. There is movement towards. There's not just allow, it's not allow. Um, um, in quite a few of the religions, philosophies, ahimsa is that is that most mm. wonderful thing of um, kindness. Okay, and in Tibetan Buddhism, kindness is a very is 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 very good. They develop more than kindness in, in Tibetan Buddhism. It's not enough. There is a participation, there's a movement, there's an energy, there's an attention moving towards, move towards heart, move towards life, move your attention towards noticing these five elements that applies to absolutely everything in our, into everything. And it's, and it starts simple, it ends simple. We get very complicated mm. about the whole thing. It can be complex, which is all right, because chaos leads to a higher, a higher, a higher organization. But keep it simple. Keep a light touch. Keep a don't make it heavy for yourself. Yeah, keep a playfulness. Yes. Yeah, that's yes, absolutely. Uh, Play. Yeah. Don't make your don't make medicine Buddha, which is part of all of this, heavy for yourself. Play. Go down out there and go and say, I didn't go to medicine Buddha as a discipline. I went there to expand and play. Yeah. Playfulness and joyfulness yeah. is that like ingredient that we need to transform actually and it's we don't have to everything we are living in a world that is illusory doesn't mean it's not real (laughs) but it it is illusory we don't have to take things so 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 seriously and there's there's that nature of playfulness Mm -hmm. which just allow yourself to have that creativity and explore and try different things and there's there's really a lot of beauty in that and yeah so I think we'll leave it at that today and so I, yeah I invite you to go and have fun and <laughs> and if there's any questions let me know but otherwise we can continue with with uh, Lindy's part. it's quarter to twelve another episode of the wisdom toolbox podcast i hope you enjoyed it or found something beneficial within the episode to aid you on your journey 
I would love to hear from you. Please follow along on social media and visit the wisdomtoolbox.com website for more resources and sign up for our monthly newsletter and offering. Thanks for stopping by.